This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Now, it's fair to say that, like, the weather's a complicated thing in this country, isn't it? We talk a lot about the weather. It takes up a lot of our kind of mental bandwidth in terms of how we deal with the day, etc. And you kind of know how this cold weather thing works. We've been doing it for a number of years now on this show. Richie and I have a legally enshrined set of rules called the Big Coat Protocol. And every year when it gets properly cold, and I underline that phrase, properly cold, uh, Richie and I will stand on the steps of Golden Square, one golden square here, and, and officially uh, enact it in front of the world's press. And it means that point, uh, from that point on, you're now able to dig out your big coat. But up until the point that the big coat protocol uh, is enacted, uh, smaller jackets are the only ling- legal tender, I'm afraid. So it's been properly cold today, and it's kind of caught everyone out. I've had a lot of messages about it uh, on Twitter. So I thought what I would do tonight on the show, I'm going to set up the big coat protocol help desk. I've got 15 or 20 people here uh, helping me, manning the phones and stuff like that as well. So if you've got a question, I know a lot of people are, are quite stressed out by knowing whether they are Big Coat compliant. And we're going to try and deal with that in this first hour of the show this evening. So here's the questions, right? What have you worn today? All I need to know from you, if you've been out and about, what have you been wearing on your upper half? That's the big question. Are you Big Coat protocol compliant? If you've got any questions, then do get in touch, Kevin says. Bush, I need some clarity from the Big Coat Protocol officers, myself and Richie. What's the status on woolly hats? For someone challenged in the hair department like myself, uh, the turn to more autumnal winter conditions necessitate some sort of uh, comfy warmth on my otherwise bare dome. Excellent words there. Uh, Kevin, thank you very much for getting in touch. As far as I can tell, currently woolly hats fall outside of the legal requirements for the Big Coat Protocol, but upcoming legislation looks to bring headwear into the protocol by 2046. Kevin's fears have been allayed, but what about yours? Uh, This text says, it's blazing hot up here in Manchester, no jacket this afternoon, Big Coat Protocol, no way, only for southern softies. You know, it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? And it's, you know, geographic difference that's going to be an issue here as well. Neil says on email, good afternoon, Bush. Uh, We've just come back from holiday and returned to the UK, and uh, we're just wondering if the Big Coat Protocol had been triggered yet. Not as of yet, Neil. Uh, One of your colleagues on a sister station uh, to Absolute Radio, Ronan Keating on Magic, uh, suggested the morning that it was big coat weather Uh, but was this an unauthorized incitement for us to put on our big coats or are we safe to do so Uh, i would hate to be an accidental rule breaker and incur a fine are you able to clarify very good point neil thank you so much for bringing it to our attention Uh, we do know ronan very well he has fallen foul of big coat legislation uh, on a number of occasions we've had to fine him but he has uh, managed to work out this legal loophole known in the trade as a gilet and we're trying to close that loophole as soon as possible don't listen to any further stuff from him in terms of whether it's time or not to uh, put on your big coat uh, darbs says a lot of fines could have been dished out at school pickup earlier on today coats scarves gloves woolly hats what do they wear in january uh, Lee's a do-gooder though Bush went to football on Saturday in a t-shirt and shorts it was colder and I could have done with a jumper but I didn't need a coat no coat till the snow comes says Lee in Wimbledon good on him uh, Ali's on the line wants clarification what happened to you earlier on Ali please well I went for my last swim in I live in Surrey went to the local outside pool and went for my last swim in just my cosy wow. uh, a coat yeah maybe a coat another day but not yet and good on you for towing the line there, and you're very legally aware of the fact that it's not big coat time just yet because we haven't enacted the protocol. Uh, and then you say your last outdoor swim. What's going on, Ali? Why are you packing it in? Well, the, the pool closes tomorrow morning. Um, it's it's the last day. Open. It's only open from spring to autumn, and today's the last day. 
check you out with your seasonal pool. And then what do you do? Do you walk back with wet air just in, in your in your swimming cosy, boulders, brass, pair of flip-flops on or sliders back to the house? No, leap back in the car and put the heated seat on and my phone to hot shower. <laughs> Let yourself down a little bit there with the heated seat, but it's fine. Hold the line and remember, when the protocol happens, you can go for the big coat. All right, thank you. Take care, thanks for clarifying. Bye-bye. Uh, Richard says, interested in your view on Gilets Bush, according to the Oxford Dictionary, a coat is an outer garment with sleeves worn outdoors, therefore... Uh, the Big Coat Protocol will have no jurisdiction over big gilet wearers. I think we've been dealing with this a little bit in this first hour. Uh, we're going to release a statement for Absolute Radio's PR team a little bit later on. In the meantime, we've got Jenny on the line asking for clarification. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, Jenny, thank you so much for calling the uh, the Hometime uh, Big Coat Protocol help desk. What would you like to get clarified? What's happened to you? Um, well, I came back from Spain yesterday where it was 28 degrees and I was swim- swimming in a pool. Right. To today where I thought, my God, it's cold this morning, I'd better put some woolly tights on and my long woolly dress. Okay. Went into work and found out that the heating in work had broken down and someone had left the window open all weekend, so it was absolutely freezing. So I'm happy I broke protocol and got my big crumpy coat out. Okay, so you're essentially handing yourself in here, Jenny, because you are, you're wearing a big coat as we speak, is that right? It's absolutely true, I'm wearing a big coat as we speak. Well, I do I do believe, I don't know that, I obviously need to get our legal team to kind of confirm this, but I do think they're extenuating circumstances. If you, can, you can fill in a 55-page document to uh, get around getting a, fa- <laughs> a, a fine for that, because obviously uh, th- th- something's gone wrong in your workplace, hasn't it? It absolutely has gone wrong in my workplace, so we all feel like ice lollipops. Okay, well, listen, wear, wear them today. That's fine. We'll fill in the documents for you, but let's not let it happen again tomorrow, all right? Jenny, can you pass that on to the rest of your team? I will do. I will do. And where, where do you work, Jenny? <laughs> What's the name of the company? Uh, it's Basildon Hospital in Essex. Basildon Hospital. Let's get the windows shut, shall we? Not made of money letting <laughs> heat out there like that. Well, we would let heat out of the windows if the heating was working. Well, there, there, there you go. My point exactly. So let's sort it out, Basildon Hospital. Let's get this sorted. <laughs> I'd appreciate it. Then I won't have to wear my big coat tomorrow. Exactly. Jenny, nice to speak to you. All right, take care. Uh, we've got Danny on the line who uh, is, is well, not really struggling with it being cold. Is that right, Danny? It ain't getting colder. It's a little bit, like, fresher <laughs> in the morning. Uh, and then, so what What do you do and what do you normally wear for work, Danny? I'm a floor and wall tiler. Right. And I'll wear shorts and T-shirt all year round. Get out of town. So what, like middle of December, you're still in shorts and T-shirt? Yeah, and I've, I've got a, like, a light bomber jacket I put on. Nice. It's a good look. That's it. That's it, mate. Do they people say to you, Danny, what on earth's going on? You're crazy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't care. Uh, mad dog's an Englishman. <laughs> good point. And then have you even got a big coat, Danny? Nah. Don't own one. Don't even own a big coat. You're, you're that no. committed to this? I've got two jumpers, that's about it. Good lads. Well, you're never going to get a fine from the Big Coat Protocol Police because you, you don't even own one. No. Uh, Danny, what would you say to other people who've been walking around in big coats today? Get a life. Wow, that's pretty hard advice, but there you go. Good to speak to you, Danny. Take it easy. And you, mate. Have a good one, Bush. Take it Love easy. The show. Thanks, man. The Daily Takeaway. Bush and Richie's Daily Takeaway. Andy Bush here with your home time show on a Monday night. I hope you're doing okay. Uh, it's tough at the moment, isn't it? It really is tough at the moment. I was talking about this uh, on Saturday night on the Indie Disco. Uh, just when you think stuff, the world, life, people, human beings can't get any worse, then it does just get worse, doesn't it? And it, I don't know about you, it really, uh, it's really stressing me out. It's stress. It's like a, a pressure 
uh, being aware of this kind of awful stuff that's kind of going on going on the, in the world at the moment and dealing with that every every day when you're waking up and you're checking your phone. I don't know, it's just a level of kind of background anxiety than, that I don't think was there maybe, you know, 20-odd years ago. Do you think it was as bad 20-odd years ago in terms of the horror? Maybe the horror's always been there, but we've, we've, we've had it brought to our doorsteps or into our lives a bit more. But I do feel like things are more barbaric, and I just feel bad for, like, my kids, you know, because like, we've got, like, a 2-year-old and a 5-year-old and a, and a, and a 13-year-old, and they're all kind of, like, finding their way in this world and full of optimism and excitement about what's out there. And then I feel bad for them. Like, I've brought them into this. Do you know what I mean? Into this and it's stressful, man. It's really, really stressful. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it a little bit at the moment. And it was, you know, World Mental Health Awareness Day last week, you know, talking about keeping an eye on your mental health, etc. This, this for me at the moment is, is one of the biggest pressures that I feel like I'm dealing with on, on a daily basis is just feeling like we're staring into the abyss a little bit. I would suggest, this is something that I'm doing, is try not to check the news all the time. Uh, and, and it's hard with, if you're on Twitter quite a lot like I am, uh, it's always just around the corner, a horrible image that actually ruins your day. I was doing the show last week, actually, just scrolling through some stuff we were talking about uh, for a phone-in and then saw an awful picture of something that has been going on in the Middle East. And I was just like, I had to go and have a little walk around because it was just really shook me that humanity can stoop that low. But you've got to have faith. I think this is the main thing. You've got to have faith that people at their very core overall are good. You're seeing a really weird, skewed kind of view of it. This is the weird thing about it. When you when you, you speak to your friends and you go out and, you know, and you see people in town or in shops or whatever, most people are kind of all right. And you've got to, I think, keep that flame in your heart that uh, at the end of the day, most people are good. And this is just a, a weird bit of society that make you feel kind of sad and a bit fed up but I just advise switching your phone off a little bit stepping out from it and if you feel like it's getting too much we always say this on Absolute Radio go and speak to someone talk about it because if you just bottle stuff up it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and it and it can really start to stress you out and do your head in so uh, I don't know about you I, I am sick of bad news I don't think I can take any more bad news at the moment so talk to people turn your phone off Go and have a little walk, get away from it. And if you need to chat to anyone, there are loads of people out there, that's what friends are for, that I guarantee will want to sit and have a coffee or a cup of tea with you and just talk about stuff and get it off your chest. It'll make you feel better. I guarantee you're not the only person feeling like that at the moment. I think we're all stressed out, but no one's really talking about it because it's kind of scary to talk about because you feel like people are going to jump down your throat. But uh, just reach out, speak to friends, uh, and don't let it get you down. Uh, It's home time. Being positive on a Monday night. This is the Daily Takeaway. Uh, very excited about uh, you guys hearing the chat that Richie and I had with Brett Anderson from Sway, James Dean Bradfield from the Manic Street Preachers. It's us in conversation with them ahead of their co-headlining tour. Uh, extended show from 7pm tonight on Absolute Radio, so make sure you stick around for that. I didn't mention this to Brett at the, t- uh, at the time when we actually chatted, uh, but Swade have always got kind of a, a bittersweet memory for me because uh, I've only ever seen Swade once, and it was ages ago. I took my first ever girlfriend to go and see them back in the day uh, when, when I lived down in Devon. And this was at the Exeter Lemon Grove. The year was 1993, so it was that long ago. Uh, and it was Swade supported by a band called Shark Boy, who I've not heard of since. Uh, but it was her first ever gig. I'd been to a couple of gigs before and she was a bit uh, reluctant to go, a bit scared of it. And I said, dude, honestly, don't worry about it. It'll be cool. Everyone's really friendly. Let's get down the front. So we got down the front waiting for Suede to come on, waiting for ages. Suede finally came on stage. The lights were up. First chord from Bernard Butler. 
out of nowhere, uh, she got hit in the head with a can of Strongbow, which was a total nightmare. And then we had to go and sit at the back uh, for the rest of the gig, which was a proper nightmare. So her first experience of suede in an incredibly Devonshire moment is to get hit in the head with a half-full can of Strongbow. And and that was kind of it for them. We ended up having to leave before they even finished. Like I said, didn't want to bring the, the mood down and mention that to Brett when we did the interview. But I found it kind of interesting when... You know when happy times unexpectedly turn sad? So if you've got a story of, of a good thing, doing all right, and then suddenly going south, tell us about it. Joanna has just tweeted now saying, this literally just happened now in work. Uh, she's gone over to her what appears to be the celebrations biscuit box in their workplace, opened the top of it, and there's just two or three smashed bourbon biscuits. Hardly anything in there at all. Good moment, suddenly, unexpectedly turning bad. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. I was just telling you a story about how the girl I was going out with, my first ever girlfriend, got hit in the head with a can of Strongbow when we went to go and see Suede live back in 1993. Uh, they were supported by a band that I'd never heard of and hadn't heard of since, called Shark Boy. Our producer, Adem, has just done some research, and would you believe it, uh, Adrian Oxall from uh, Shark Boy is now the lead guitarist in the band James. James, who are playing Absolute Radio's 15th birthday party, uh, in, a, in a few weeks' time. What about that? What a small world. But I go back to my main point. If you have a story of good times, unexpectedly, turning bad, if you've got a story like that, do tell us about it. We've got Sam on the line. Sam, what happened to you? Well, I, uh, I can't remember how old it was. It must have been late teens, but um, uh, my family took me out as like a birthday present to go see the uh, the Prodigy at the Brixton Academy. Well, so you, were you, sorry, you went with your family. Did. You went with your family to see the Prodigy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like my uncle, my brother... And some all the sort of like the guys all trying to be cool and all into the music and stuff. Wow. Yeah, so we all we all went and uh yeah, there was about six, seven, eight of us, maybe ten of us, Bricks of Academy, uh all rocking, all uh getting merry. Um yeah, after the warm up act, I'd say two songs in, uh, my brother just appeared absolutely paralytic. <laughs> and uh, I was kind of the only one that was sensible enough to take him home. So I <laughs> I had to leave and down to Brixton Tube Station and off we went. What's your brother's name, Sam? Uh, Jamie. Jamie. Yeah. Is he always like this? Like, yeah. he's one of them, is he? Just um, un- <laughs> always in situations? Yeah, kind of. yeah. Yeah. I said, yeah, always hopes that someone else is going to be the designated driver. So, like, you're there with your, like, your uncles and that. Surely if you're surrounded by uncles, there's people that are, you know, pillars of the community that could have taken Jamie home. Uh, exactly, yes. You'd expect so. The, uh, the sensible older sort of uh, parent types figures. But uh, no, sadly, um, no. It was left to probably, I must have been 17, 18. <laughs> and uh, you might have been younger than that, you know. We I do. Was like, oh, I was we, like, cheers, bro. Cheers, bro. I mean, I mean, this is the thing with Suede now. I can't not think about, you know, my ex-girlfriend getting hit in the head with a can of Strongbow. I imagine for you, I mean, Prod- yeah, Prodigy is bittersweet for you as well, isn't it? Oh, exactly. And that's the thing. You know, I, I didn't get another chance to see him and... Obviously, what sadly happened to Keith, it was, uh, you know, I literally, the warm act was great, there were break dancers spinning around, everyone was getting pumped, and then, you know, they bust on, it was probably Breathe or something like that, they come on, I was like, yeah, yeah, and so he just bang into me, someone's barging into me, fingers like in a mosh pit, turn around to my brother, and I'm like, mate, what's wrong with you? And he's like, I'm like, okay, looked around, and everyone else is just, I'm like, okay, well, Let's go then. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I was like, oh well, that was it. And I really can't remember much 
I mean, I was the sober one. I mean, I just couldn't remember much of the show or anything, so... Before we let you go, there's one other thing I wanted to say to you. Well, seeing as you missed out on an amazing gig there, what about on behalf of the Hometime Show team, we send you to go and see The Prodigy live at... Alexandra Palace on the 24th of November, you and a mate. Definitely not Jamie, your brother, because he's a nightmare. No way. No way. That would be incredible. That would be absolutely mental. Well, let's let's right the wrongs of history. (laughs) Let's do that. Let's do that. Maybe someone can take me home. Yeah, exactly. What about that? Let's see what happens. Good to speak to you, man, and you'll see Prodigy after all. Wicked. That is amazing. Thank you. The Daily Takeaway. Richie's Daily Takeaway.